Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today, I am joined by two of our team members, Mike Tyler and Andrew Moody. They both operate in a project management role in our organization, and we're going to be talking all things project management. What is a project? How do we define it? How does it work together? And this is actually part one of a two-part episode. We had a lot of information to discuss, and I think it was very valuable. So today, we're going to discuss a lot of the definitions of how we define what a project is and how we've arrived at having project managers uh, in our organization. And then in part two, we will be talking more about some tactical applications that we've done. So be sure to join us next week for that. But in the meantime, let's jump into the conversation with those guys and get into rapid fire. We'll do that right after this. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes. It's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. Mike Moody, welcome. Thank you. Mike and Andrew. I was trying to come up with a creative, like, uh, you know, tag team title for you guys. Eminem. All right, cool. Well, that yeah, really yeah, didn't yeah, work yeah, out well. Work out. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Uh, welcome to another Coffee Break podcast. Uh, so you both are part of our team here at Lockdog Security, and the concept that we're going to be talking about today is project management, some of the tips for effective project management um, and in the roles that you operate in the organization. We're going to jump into that in just a few minutes, but before we do that, we have rapid fire, five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. And today it's going to be another special edition because there's two people. So uh, we'll, um, I guess we'll just alternate the questions back and forth. How about that? Okay. Is that fair? Sounds good. And then we'll give you a cumulative score. So. uh, Lose your bias lines. I like it. So that'll be teamwork. All right. So question number one. You guys ready? Yes. All right. Here we go into rapid fire. Question number one. If you could pick your nickname, what would people call you? We'll start over here with Andrew Michael Moody. Well, um, my my nickname is Moody. Uh, Always has been. It's not the one that I would pick for myself. Mm. But uh, I... Unfortunately, we normally don't get to pick our nicknames. Yeah. And I have been stuck with my but if you, last name. But if you get to pick one, what would you pick? That's the that's the part of the question because we've all given you that nickname because it just is easy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know Andy. Would you like no, Andy? No, I would not like oh. Andy. I, I don't. I, no, I've never liked being called Andy. That's what, and, oh. But I have a lot of customers that do refer to me as Andy okay. in emails. and I, I prefer to go by Andrew. So you prefer Moody or Andrew. Andy. All right, cool. Yep. Um, <laughs> we'll ask the same question to Mike as well, and then we'll go into alternating questions. If you could choose your nickname, if you could pick one, what would it be? Uh, probably would do what my granddaughter calls me. She calls me Papa. Oh. So. I think that's. And, a, I think we could all call you that. And I think it's beginning to spread. Papa? Because Nathan, every once in a while, will say, come on, Papa, let's go. Well, that's mostly because you're forgetting things. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks for throwing that out there. <laughs> Papa. I like it. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll refer to that. Okay. Question number two. What is your strangest talent, Andrew, Moody, Andy? Strangest talent. Um, wow. That's a hard one. Um, I know how to tie a lot of different fishing knots. 
There you go, fishing knots. Yeah, I don't really. That's a great talent. I don't really know the names of all of them, and it's generally because they magically appear in my fishing reels, and then I have to figure out how to untie them. Ah, (laughs) interesting. Yeah, that's. You might want to work um, on that part of it. Yeah, well, that seemed to. uh, That's one of my favorite hobbies outside of work. So, um, always improving, and you know, I've had knots that have failed before. So, trying to find out different ways to do that. Very cool. All right, Mike, here's question number three for you or Papa. If you were to forced, if you were forced to eliminate every physical possession from your life with the exception of what you could fit in a single backpack, what would you put in it? Probably the Bible. Okay. I think. What else could you fit in a backpack? You could fit more than just a Bible in a backpack, uh, right? Yeah. That's a... The Bible was the first thing that popped in my head. Probably uh, hmm, some type of survival tools. Okay, you know what I mean. So, so I could I could survive. Yeah, you know, uh, and probably something that would. Uh, hmm, that's a great question. Interesting question because coffee, coffee. I figured yes. you would have said some type of a Dewalt tool. Well, that's part of the, the survivor tool. You got to have the one tool to survive. <laughs> so sawzall, the wall sawzall. There you go. The wall sawzall. That'll solve and, a lot of problems. Uh, a uh, little solar paneled uh, battery charger. Okay. Because otherwise, you only could use it for just a little, just so much. <laughs> it, it only it only solves one problem for you. Very cool. All right, number four. Uh, what has been the most terrifying moment in your, in your life thus far? Um. I was in a uh I was in a really really bad car accident on uh uh New Year's Eve 2015. So I spent 3 days in Baptist Hospital um, and there was a point to where um as after the accident when Jordan drugged me out of the car that there was a point to where after the adrenaline wore off it's like, you know, am I going to make it? Yeah. yeah. There's always that question. Um I did, obviously, and it wasn't that bad, but uh, due to a broken sternum, like I couldn't breathe, and that was uh, that was probably the most scared I've ever been. Mainly because my brother was with me and uh, wanted to make sure he was okay. And then you know, once he was okay, trying to make sure that I was okay. Yeah. So that is uh, that can be a scary moment, man. Yeah. All right, number five, Papa. What is your greatest peer pressure that you've ever felt? Greatest peer pressure. Yeah. Boy, that's a tough one. Um. I don't think I've ever really experienced a lot of that because it never really bothers me that much. Okay. About peer pressure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I try to meet up to everyone's expectations, but I can only got so much ability to do that. So peer pressure. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I don't really feel like Mike's one to be pressured by, yeah. by his peer. He's normally the one doing <laughs> the pressure. Applying the peer yeah, pressure. Yeah, what is yeah. the greatest peer pressure you've ever applied to someone else? Boy, I don't know that if you, that you want to admit. I'm not saying that live or not. <laughs> All right. So, congratulations. You passed through rapid fire. Uh, your score will give you a, an 876. So, that means Chad buys lunch. Congratulations there. 
All right, let's jump into project management. So uh, kind of to set the tone for it, because I feel like there's a lot of different uh, definitions for project management out there. Uh, you can have project management, somebody that is just managing some type of a, uh, um, a implementation of something inside of an organization. We refer to project management from the external perspective of managing projects that we do for customers. Uh, but uh, my question, I guess, first of all, is when is a project manager necessary for an organization is kind of three parts for an organization for a service business like ours uh, for a project when is it necessary for a project to have a project manager and then for a customer what is it necessary for a customer of ours to have a project manager so i kind of toss that out and uh, get, get kind of your thoughts on that andrew if you want to uh, kind of set the tone on that and then mike any thoughts that you have um, I guess, you know, I'll start with, you know, when is a project manager necessary in the very beginning as a, a whole company? Um, you know, I was here in 2012, 2013, um, and kind of still the early stages of LockDoc. That was uh, one of my first, uh, you know, real jobs. And it was, uh, we were, I can't remember exactly how many technicians we had on the road at that point. I know Mike and I were both in vans, um, but we were, you know, we were a small company, mm-hmm. and at that point, you know, we could fully operate without, you know, an actual project manager. Uh, we were doing a lot more service work um, than we were overall projects. Now, there were still a lot of large rekeys and stuff that we, we would go on, <clears throat> um, but it wasn't overwhelming for anybody, um, maybe besides you, Chad, because you were wearing a lot of hats at that point. Um, so you may have a different perspective on that. Um, but I feel like, you know, when I came back, um, you know, three, I guess exactly almost three years ago now, um, the company had grown so much that there's a lot of different people um, that, and it's it's hard to, uh, as the scope of work has changed and then the amount of people have changed, you know, it's something that's really necessary now. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, uh, you know, working as a technician right now without somebody managing the projects overall, along with, you know, the amount of service work we have. Um, and one of the books that I read here recently, you know, it's talking about, uh, basically putting business practices based off of kind of the same way that the military runs teams. Mm. Um, and they said that most of the times you know, a leader in the military will only have five to six direct reports. Yep. Once you get above that, you know, it's uh, it start to go above the capacity that somebody has to, to manage everybody. Um, and, you know, I think that depends on the situation. You yeah. know, right now I, I think I have uh, with the two uh, newest hires on our team, I think I have six guys underneath me. And I feel at, at this point where, you know, we actually have we have got a great team um, and they really help me out a lot. <clears throat> but if we get, you know, much higher than that, you know, I, I feel like I'm definitely going to be running around even crazier. So I think it depends on, you know, the amount of projects, of course, that you're having and then, you know, the amount of direct reports. Um, but uh, maybe, you know, Mike has Mike and Nathan, um, the service manager, kind of uh, share uh, a, a team on that side and they've got about double the technicians that I have. So he might have a little bit different perspective on that. Yeah. Mike, when, when do you think that a project manager is necessary for a business? Well, it, 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 uh, when I, when I was on a van, I can remember I was getting excited about a 75 to hundred cylinder Riki. Yeah. You know, and, and, and really be excited about that high five and through throughout the office, you know, and, and, and now we're up to five, six hundred. You know, we just we just completed a, a two thousand cylinder reiki. Yeah. You know, so so as the projects have grown, we've really needed the project management role to do a lot of prep work. Sure. For the <clears throat> technicians. So, uh, 
a project manager is really needed in that avenue mm-hmm. to organize. And, and it's also very helpful as a, because you asked about a customer's yeah. point of view is to have that one contact other than somebody in the field mm-hmm. to just kind of relate everything and to get in, to get the groundwork laid out and everything because the technicians are doing service service work and other projects. Sure. And it just kind of helps the process go along with organizing and everything. I remember when I was on a van, uh, with the, the smaller projects, it was a lot, a, a lot of that was done by the technicians, but the way we've grown, the way things, the projects have grown, mm-hmm. that, that, that's not even feasible now. Sure. Yeah. To pull, to pull, to pull people off. So I, I would say, and, or maybe ask the question, do you think that uh, a customer when, when they're dealing with a project manager gets a, a level of consistency versus Maybe you know they're 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 going to have different people on the job site on a regular basis, but does it provide them a level of consistency from a communication standpoint? Yeah, it 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 gives them that one common face, one common number, that one person that that no matter what technicians on site, mm-hmm. if 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 they have a concern, if if it, they can just contact that one person and say, hey, this is my situation. Can we? How can we adjust it? Yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and being being in the role that that me and Andrew are in, uh, we're able to make those dis- decisions on those projects to, to to satisfy the customer and make life easier for the technician, and still be able to maintain what we need to do as a company at Lockdown. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about three thousand four hundred twenty-two times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home, because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people, and your property. I, I would say too something that I, I realized, and you know, Chris and I have had this conversation so many times. But the the moment I can't think that we kind of realized project management was necessary was when we got one of our first really big projects, and it was over three thousand openings, over three thousand doors that had to be uh, worked on. And you know, we were sitting there looking at it, and it was going to take what we were expecting six months to do. It ended up taking a little over a year um, of, of work, which I know that we've trimmed that down significantly, but at the, at the time, that was the amount of time that it was going to take to do that. And so we're sitting there looking at it and realizing that there needs to be some type of, I guess, management of that process on a regular basis. And it very, very quickly understood that I was not going to be able to to do that as well as the the rest of the roles and responsibilities. So I think when when you kind of get to a point of understanding, either uh oh, I've I've gone into this with and need one now versus hey, this is the direction that we want to head and we need to go ahead and point people in that specific direction. Yeah. So with with that said, from a from a customer standpoint, uh, you know when when they're dealing with a project manager versus maybe the technicians that are on site where you may be managing 5, 10, 15, 20 projects simultaneously, and then the technicians are working on that one consistently. How does that help the communication with the customer versus hinder it? 
I feel like it gives uh, I feel like it gives the customer a a comfort level. Um, you know, even though that you know I have, may have ten projects going on at once, mm-hmm. um, it's still something that you know on a daily basis I'm giving that customer you know the attention that they deserve. Um, and you know, with my guys, you know, I, I kind of split them up into different teams, mm-hmm. and at some point, you know, one team might be on a project, and then um, you know each each one of our, our technicians has a different skill set. Um, so, you know, some technicians are, are better with, you know, on my side on programming to where some are better with hardware. So, and I, I try to make that run as efficiently as possible. Um, so it might be that we, you know, we have a couple of guys on this project at one day and then we switch teams and bring sure. in a different team. Mm. Um, so giving that customer, you know, the same face every day, like Mike said earlier, um, you know, me staying in direct contact with them, I feel like it provides that comfort, you know, that they, they know that they have a direct contact and it, you know, just because, you know, it might be a, a different technician there that day and they don't exactly have a relationship with them, but they've been in contact with me. Gotcha. So. Michael, <clears throat> so Andrew just said a the efficiency word. What, what does that mean to you from a project management standpoint as we've kind of instituted this because you've, you've been part of forging that that department yeah. and, and that role, what has that meant to you from a, creating some efficiencies for our customers? So the uh, efficiency of, of our company is is, is very important and, and becoming more and more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when 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 he, I, he he was just talking there, I, I was thinking about a project that we have where both of our teams are needed. Ah. And, and for us to, to work efficiently on the backside to make sure we have the proper technicians, whether it's an access technician or locksmith technician or door technician, to, to coordinate all that on the backside so the customer is will have a better product at the at the end at the end of the day. Mm. So so the doors are put in first, and then the locksmith is put in there, and then the access team is put in there. Yeah, when we have multiple levels of of, of, of work at a specific proper project, that's all done in house before we take it out to the project itself. So focusing on having the right team members there at the right time, yep. having the right products and materials there at the right time, and having the customer aware of our scheduling and visibility at the right time is kind of yeah. the, the key components that you guys are working on. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. Okay. So from a customer's perspective, you know, so, so you're talking to any, any of our, our customers and explaining the difference. I'm, I'm interested in understanding how do you define or how do you determine what a project is versus standard service? <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a question that comes up a lot amongst us, and it's kind of – we laugh about it all the time. It's, you know, in Mike, Mike and I's office, uh, we have a, a whiteboard in there, and it, the question is right on the board, what is a project? Yeah. And, you know, our answer has been it's something that a project manager needs to know about. Mm. And that is a very open-ended <laughs> – answer Very to that and and it's something that mike and i we balance it on a daily basis um because we're we have our hands in service we have our hands hands in project um and we haven't got a great definition for that i mean definitely you know projects of course are going to be you know something that requires prior planning um it's not just a drop the ball and let's go get some service work done it's mm-hmm. something that we're planning ahead of time we're ordering parts most of the time it's been quoted 
Um, it's generally going to be at least, you know, a day or more. It could be several months. Um, it, it just depends. Um, so we just, we, we kind of take it, you know, as, as each job comes and look at it. And Mike may have a little bit better definition, but mine's just kind of, uh, if it's something that I need to be wor- worried about or knowing about or helping plan, that's when I take it on as a project. Exactly. You know, wh- whether it's, it, it, it's a service call, you know, we, we, we have multiple service calls that turn into projects. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with, with our, uh, because we're striving to make our customers satisfied. Yeah. So if, if, if we need to step in to assist in, in, in product uh, identification, just just something as simple as that, but it can be very complex because we use a multiple multiple uh, product product line. So it really uh, they they the team really relies on us to assist in that. Yeah. So to define a project to be a project is hard to do. Sure. Because we 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 do a lot on both the service side and and the uh, the project management side. Uh, and Andrew was talking about earlier about me working very closely with a service manager. Yeah, and and, and we 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 work very well together because uh, we use a lot of the same technicians for both projects and for service work. Yeah, so we have to work hand in hand in order to get everything accomplished to make our customers as satisfied. So a project can be, and I know you guys have rattled this around so many times. It's not necessarily a cost. It's not necessarily a length of time. It's not necessarily the people or personnel that are on it. It's just something that needs some additional support yeah. at some level. Yeah, it kind of, you know, we, you know, we have our project handoff meeting every Thursday. And that's, you know, when we, you know, if we discuss it in that meeting, we've already deemed that it's a project. Um, but there's some that don't come through that meeting. They don't always come through the mm. sales funnel. Sure. Um, mm. That, you know, we, we can, from experience, we can look over um, jobs that are in the system and say, hey, you know, there might be something to this that we need to, you know, double check beforehand. Um, and that's why we look over um, service calls um, along with um, the day-to-day projects um, because we can catch a we can catch a lot of stuff before a technician goes on site and try to make it more efficient. And that's been, that's that E word that Mike and I, we strive on efficiency. That's, you know, it's something that we really, really, um, work on every day is trying to make processes better. And and I want to come back to the efficiency part of things of how we kind of measure that, of how we measure, uh, you know, time on site versus all all the other things. I want to kind of talk about that. And I really want to come back to the project handoff meeting that you just talked about. But I, I want to, I've got a couple other questions kind of build towards that. What would a customer expect differently? I'm trying to read my notes here. How would a customer expect different communication during, from a project during traditional service or standard service? Um, generally on a service call, you know, our, um, our general rule of thumb is that, uh, when a technician gets his service schedule, if if that technician is running a service for the day, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're responsible for, you know, contacting their, their on, on the site contact, or maybe they won't be on site, but whoever the job contact is at, at least 30 minutes ahead of time before they go, um, Prior to that, um, the service manager may have already reached out and scheduled these jobs. Um, one of us may have reached out and scheduled the jobs 
Um, and then we kind of hand it over to the technician, you know, and give them the responsibility. Whereas a project, um, it can it can be passed on through um, the account managers and then to the project managers. And we are um, the main contact until one of the technicians is going on site. Gotcha. And it, it varies. Um, sometimes I will be on site for the beginning of a project um, and meeting and introducing the technician to the contact. Sometimes the technician is going on site to begin the project and is meeting the contact. So it just kind of varies on a on a you know job to job basis. What do you think, Mike? How, what would a customer expect different communication for traditional service versus a project? Well, it it, it, it obviously depends on the size of the project, but uh, a lot if it's a larger project, yeah, a lot of times the customer is is reached out to in, in a much earlier time basis than the uh yep. service call is sure so it, it 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 works it works well for the customer to get that that communication because we we, we try to communicate in the best way possible yeah because, because that's the key for any satisfied customer sure is to be communicated with whether it's good news or bad news but we always find the earlier we can give them that communication Mm -hmm. it usually turns bad news into okay yeah this is the plan because it's inevitable you're going to have bad news it's it's uh how you handle it and how you process it absolutely absolutely so so in in when projects come up Mm -hmm. and, and and we reach out to the customer versus the technician reaching out to the customer it, it 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 gives them a sense of peace that okay there's more than one person on my on my job mm. there's more than there's more than one contact I can deal with so if 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 they have a big pro, big project and the technician is in a spot where they don't have signal they can always have a different person to reach out to and say hey I have a concern about this or this is working very well so let's duplicate it what I mean. Gotcha. That makes sense. So I want to ask you this, because one of our core values with the organization is consistent communication. What does that mean from a project management standpoint? How do you, how do you take that value and apply it on your day-to-day processes? Uh, I think it's, when it comes to projects, I think it's really one of the number one uh, core values. I mean, of the, of our, all of our core values, uh, Consistent communication with a project is very, very key. And for one, giving the best customer service possible, um, and two, making it efficient. Um, mm-hmm. That way everybody's on the same page because if the technician's on a different page than I am and then the customer's on a different page than you know, LockDoc is, then there's going to be something that happens at some point that's going to cause inefficiencies throughout sure. the project. Um, so consistent communication is, is key to us winning on a project for the customer and for ourselves. Gotcha, Mike. What is? What do you see that? So, if, if you kind of turn 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 that around and you look at it, is communicating consistently. Mm. So you're constantly communicating mm-hmm. the 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 project, whether you're waiting for products to come in, there's a deadline that that the customer has to meet. So the, the product coming in is 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 a, is a very very important for our project. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to plan that out and communicating consistently with the customer exactly deadlines and delivery dates and that type of thing. 
It really puts them at ease when they know, okay, I've got three weeks to do this. I'll have the parts a week sure. and a half prior to this, yeah. and they're going to be right on top of it to install it. I think one of the key things, too, with the consistent communication is that, that you're communicating the same information across the board. So exactly. that, that whatever you're communicating, maybe the technician on site is communicating the same thing. Maybe if they call and talk to customer success, they're getting the same information as well. So I want to, I guess I want to start with you, Mike, on this one, just because you were, you were helping form the project management department and role when we started, but what were your expectations of the project management role versus the actual realities that, that came about? Well, I, the, I was in a prior company where I was in a project management role on, and in the construction field. Sure. So I was really leaning on a lot of that when I started that experience. Mm-hmm. And found out quick that that's completely different now sure. than it than it was at that. What what, what was different about it? The uh, a lot of it had to do with with the different products that we touch. Okay. Because I was in the drywall business, it's, it's metal studs and drywall. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and now we we've got so many different avenues that we touch. We got so many different different technologies that that we have now. It's just it really expanded me to say, hey, I got a lot more stuff I got to I got to focus on. Here. Gotcha. You, you know, so it, it, it really, you know, in, in security is very, very important to people. Sure. Yeah. You know, so in, in, if, if they don't have a door that's not secured, if they have a building that they that that you're trying to improve this the security on it, it's the best it, it, it's helping come up with the best avenue to get them exactly what they need gotcha versus versus what they want because a lot of times customers might not really understand what they want they have an idea they have a problem that they need to get solved right and maybe they've got an idea of how it should be solved but then presented some different options yes exactly makes sense andrew what about you it's been a transition for me and i i came in um i didn't have full project management experience um you know i came in from a, from a technician on the electronic side. And, you know, years ago I was a technician on the locksmith side and I had previous experiences being a lead technician in other fields and you know, supervisor in other fields. Um, but it's been a, uh, it's, it's been different. Uh, it, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be coming in project management, but at the same time I knew how I, you know, how I needed to be supported as a technician. Mm-hmm. So I think that gave me a really, really good ex- perspective on coming in because I, I knew the things that, you know, I received from the previous project manager, which were great, um, but I knew things that I felt like, you know, we can improve on. Sure. So I, I set those goals in the very beginning when I found out I was going to become a project manager. I sat down and I, I made a list of things that, you know, that we were doing really good and then a list of things that I felt like we could, you know, improve on. Mm. And, you know, I really I set my sights on that. And that was, you know, I made some changes at the very beginning and sat down and looked over a lot of stuff. And I, I you know, relied on Mike's experience because I've known Mike forever. You know, I relied on him and I relied on you. And then I read, I read books. Mm-hmm. I tried to find as much information as possible to, you know, define what my position was going to be. And then I, I feel like I took a little bit different perspective than a lot of people do. Um, you know, I I took what you know, I'd learned over the years playing sports, uh, which is something that Mike refers to all the time. 
And yeah, I wanted to create a team. That mm -hmm. was my goal. I wanted to be able to create a team atmosphere. Um, and really, I wanted to set my guys up to be leaders. Uh, I didn't want them to have to rely on me for every answer. Uh, I wanted to wanted them to build confidence in their abilities and confidence that you know, no matter what, they had my support. Um, so it was really is more of creating you know a, a team mentality throughout um, you know our side. And, you know, just trying to make, you know, their lives easier because that's what I'm here for. You know, they're not here to support me. I'm here to support them. So making sure that my guys have what they need on a day-to-day -day basis is my main goal. Hey, thanks for listening to the Coffee Break Podcast. If this information has been helpful to you or you just really kind of like our theme song, can you help us out by rating us on whatever app you're using? And if you get really fancy, how about sharing a screenshot on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn? Okay, enough of all this. Let's get back to the conversation. I do want to pause right here because we've got a lot more information to cover and we'll handle that on part two of this episode. So those of you that are watching or listening, make sure you go ahead and subscribe because part two of this conversation is coming next Tuesday at 9 a.m. If you want to do that, go to lockdoc.net slash podcast. All the information is there. You can click on the link to whatever podcast platform you enjoy listening on. If you don't have a preference, well, you can choose from one of the 12 or 13 available there. Uh, you can also watch and listen to them all on our website, lockdoc.net slash podcast. So check that out. And then we'll be back for part two of this episode next week where we'll get real tactical. How do we measure if it's a project is successful? How do we coordinate and get everybody on the same page? How do we handle a project handoff meeting? And what does that even mean? All of that, we'll be having that conversation in part two next week right here on the podcast. So come back and we'll see you then.